God blesses us so that we can be his channels of blessing to the world. Service, kindness, generosity, and creative problem solving are but a few ways in which we bless people around us. Why don't we turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verses 3 to 6, right? James actually paints a you know, very interesting picture here. He talks about a horse and how that big horse, that seemingly wild horse, is actually controlled by a small bit in its mouth, right? And then he talks about a ship which sails the seas and how it can be steered by a small rudder. And then he talks about a huge forest and how a small fire can actually destroy that whole forest. And then he goes on to say, the tongue is like that. The tongue is like that. And he says in verse, uh, let, let's just read through that. Um, Verse 3, indeed we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and they are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the cause of nature and it is set on fire by hell. Very strong words here, right? Um, so you see the picture of the horse, the forest, the ship and so also our tongue. It can actually be used for good it can actually be used for breaking down, for destroying. And it says here that it is set on fire by hell. A tongue, an evil tongue, inspired by hell, can actually wreak havoc and destruction. In our own lives, it can actually uh, wreak havoc and destruction about our entire course, you know, our, our life itself. But if you turn it around, a tongue that is inspired, that is anointed, that is saturated with the word of God does exactly the opposite. It builds up. It speaks life. It brings about life. brings about change. And the entire course of a man's life, of a person's life, is changed because of that. And that's the truth. So we need to be careful about the words that we speak. We need to be intentional about the words that we speak. We can actually build up or we can destroy. And as we make this declaration of God's word, actually make the, you know, the declaration of the truth of God's word over our lives, over our family, over our career, over our studies, intentional and make it part of our lifestyle. How many of us do that? I think we need to start doing it, not only on Sundays, right? It can seem a little strange, but uh, if you can just, you know, speak life over, over the house and say, you know, there will be voice of rejoicing in this house because this is the tent of the righteous. This is the house of the righteous. 
and you speak, you know, righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. And that's what we want to see in this house. And so also, you know, over our, our, our lives, our, our careers, whatever aspect of our life there is, make it part of our speaking. Amen. Uh, the word of God need not just be restricted to reading and meditating, but it needs to be part of our speaking. It's the sword of the spirit which destroys strongholds. Amen. So uh, why don't we stand up? Let's lift our Bibles, let's hold our Bibles in our hands and lift them up and say this out loud. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You need to shake hands with your neighbor. Give them a high five and say, we are so glad that you are here. Oh, I can't hear you. Just tell them, you know, so glad that you are here. and Speak life. It's a, it's a good place to practice, right? Speaking life. Uh, if you notice in the declaration, you know, we said, I am um, triumphant. I'm prosperous, I'm triumphant, victorious, and so on. And, and that's the truth. That's the truth. Because God wants us to be triumphant. God wants us to prosper. And... Um, Many times we might have a wrong picture about prosperity, right? About prosperity and uh, religion. And I, I remember a long time back uh, when we were part of another church, and a friend of mine, uh, he and I were, were having a chat inside. You know, the service was over, everybody was standing and talking, and, and, um, and yeah, and we were talking about his appraisal and work and, and raise and so on. So, so uh, we, just, we were just chatting, and suddenly he said, hey, you know what? Uh, let's go outside the church building and talk about, uh, talk about this. You know, he, he felt very uncomfortable talking about money uh, inside the church building. Right? Uh, so some of us you know, might have that man's mindset. Uh, money, spirituality, um, you know, it doesn't go hand in hand. You know, sometimes spirituality for us is very uh, R-rated. You know, in the sense, uh, when I say R-rated, I mean it's, you need to renounce, you need to be a recluse in order to be spiritual. Right? But God says that I want to bless you. I want you to prosper. Uh, God is not ashamed of money. Uh, he's not afraid of money. Right? And in fact, if you think about it, you know, we worship God with our tithes and offerings. He receives it. Right? And, um, and that's our God. So God wants to bless us. So last Sunday we looked at uh, um, how God wants us to prosper. We looked at several verses and... Um, you know, this is my favorite where Psalm 35 and verse 27, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God actually takes pleasure. There's my son, my daughter, you know, you have this blessing and you're prospering and God takes pleasure in it. You know, don't we take pleasure in our children? Yes or no? 
you know, when they, when, probably when they do well and maybe they get a good job, we take pleasure. It's as if, you know, you have won something. No, it's as if you have won something. Grandparents, I'm sure you can identify, you know, you're talking about your grandchildren. It's as if you have won that trophy. It's as if you, you know, you've received that. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And, and in the third epistle of John, John writes and he says, Beloved, I pray that in all things you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. So God is not against this idea of prosperity. And God, in fact, wants to bless, bless us, prosper us. And having said that, we also looked at some of the excesses or some of the extremes to which you know, this whole thing of prosperity, um, you know, the direction that it took right, in the body of Christ and some of the excesses, uh, like relating prosperity to riches and saying, okay, if somebody is doing well financially, that means that person is approved by God or that person is spiritually mature and making that wrong correlation, right? And also saying that if, if, pers- if somebody does not, is not wealthy, to say that that person uh, somehow does not have the favor of God. Whereas scripture says something which is very opposite. Scripture says that God has blessed the poor uh, in this world to be rich in faith. Right? So some of those excesses were there. And also um, people proclaiming or declaring to live by faith and, and expecting people to you know, really give money to them and not really work with the time and uh, whatever God has given. Not willing to work but saying I'm living by faith. God will give these um, you know, make sure that the money comes in, so I'm not going to work. So, excesses like that, and also in the body, in the church, unfortunately, in ministry, where people are saying, you know, I have this financial anointing, so if you give in to this ministry, you know, you will prosper, your, your, uh, your wealth will increase, your wealth will du- double and multiply, and so on. So, people uh, manipulating others uh, with, with all these uh, kind of wrong teachings and so on, and wrong motives. But the fact is, the truth is, when we look at the word of God, the truth is that God wants to bless. And we looked at the word shalom, right? Can everybody say shalom? Yeah, what does it mean? It means total well-being. It means forgiveness, healing, deliverance. It means prosperity, right? God wants to shalom. And several verses also we saw where shalom is used. In fact, Psalm 35 and verse 27, the word used there, is shalom. God takes pleasure in the shalom of his servants. Right? So today, we'll see, uh, let's look at, um, you know, the reason why God blesses us. You know, why does God bless us? What is the big picture? You know, of course he wants us to enjoy the blessing that he puts in our hands. The blessing that he brings into our life. He wants us to enjoy but it goes beyond that as well, right? God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to people. God blesses us so that we can be a channel of blessing to other people. The scripture says that we are all representatives of God or ambassadors of God or spokespersons for God. We represent God. So in our own spheres of influence, we are being or we are doing what God would do in that place. So God blesses us richly indeed 
so that we can be a blessing to others. If you turn to Genesis chapter 12, and uh, if you recall what God tells Abraham, right? Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3. Uh, let's read that. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. And he says, I will bless you and make your name great. And see this. He says, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, spiritually speaking, we are actually Abraham's seed or Abraham's descendants. Galatians 3 and verse 21, 29 says, If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the same thing applies. God is looking at each one of us and saying, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. I will bless you. I will make sure a blessing comes into your life. You enjoy it and be a blessing to someone else, right? And um, so we are called to bless. We are called to be a people who are a blessing to others. Okay? So we need to look at ourselves and say, I'm going to be a blessing to someone, right? Uh, not a stumbling block, not a pain, not an irritant, but actually a blessing to someone. Have you looked at yourself that way? Right? No matter where you are in life, no matter what stage of life you are in, what season of life you are in, you know, sometimes we think, okay, um, you know, in the teens or in the early 20s, that's when I can be a blessing. Yes, true, you can be a blessing. But I want to tell you, life begins at 40. I know that's not scripture, but... Uh, you know, those who are in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And, you know, if you look, look at the life of David, he says, God, I, I will be, I will declare your truth to the next generation. Like, no matter what age you are at, no matter what season of life you are in, God looks at you and he says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. So can we say that? I am a blessing. Okay. You just need to make that declaration. I am a blessing. Sometimes we have this idea of how to be a blessing, right? Uh, we have this notion that, okay, um, if I do A, B, and C, then I'm a blessing. Hey, but look at me, I'm doing actually X, Y, Z, so therefore I can't be a blessing. We look at certain things that, um, that are glamorized maybe, that are very visible, that are, that are out there, and then we say, okay, only if I do this, I can be a blessing. Since I'm not doing this, I'm not a blessing. Right? We evaluate our own lives that way. But um, today, we're just going to look at a few scriptures which, uh, which talks about how we can be a blessing. How we can be a blessing. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. Romans 12 and verses 6 to 8. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. 
He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay. So verse 6 says, Having then gifts differing, there are different gifts according to the grace that is given to us. So we've been given this grace, we've been given these gifts. The reason why these gifts are there or given to us is so that we can use them. It says, you have this gift, use it. And in 1 Corinthians 12 also, when Paul lists down the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he says, use these gifts for the profit of all or benefit of all. When he writes to uh, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul writes and he says, stir up this gift that is in you, Timothy. Stir it up. This gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands, you know, when I laid hands on you, this gift was, was given by the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. So the thing is this, gifts are given, but what are we doing with those gifts? Let us use them. You know, can we say this? I will use my gift. So gifts are given so that we can use, so that we can use it for the benefit of all, for the profit of all. So we're going to look at uh, some of these gifts which we normally, you know, don't really consider to be on the same level as the other gifts, right? Uh, some, sometimes we have our own scale, right? Uh, if it is this gift, it is good. You know, I see it and I see people being blessed and so visible and... So it must be good. It's great. But we see here a list, you know, uh, we're just going to look at four things. And we see that they may not be very glamorous. In fact, these gifts are, are very, if you want to use the term, very quiet, very subtle. But the fact is that God has given by His grace. And He's given to us so that we can be a blessing in using those gifts. Okay, so let's look at... Uh, um, the first one says, having then gifts differing according to the grace, let us use them. He um, talks about prophecy, but we're going to look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, he who, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. So ministering or serving is a gift. Ministering or serving, serving others is a gift. Right? How many of you thought of that? Thought of it that way? You know, People are serving and we need to recognize and acknowledge that it is actually a gift which is laid out in the word. Exhortation, encouraging. If we encourage others, maybe with our words, maybe with our actions, or just being there, sometimes just being there speaks volumes. Encouraging, it's a gift. Barnabas was an encourager. You know, some people are very encouraging, very sunny, bright, right? They can encourage. Just by being around them, you feel encouraged. Hey, I can do this. But some people are very quiet, but they quietly go about doing their bit of encouraging. We might actually miss them in a room like this. You can't even notice them. But the gift of encouragement is at work. So, encouraging, exhortation, encouragement is again a gift. Liberality or giving 
being generously, uh, you know, generously giving, being a giver, now that's a gift. And fourthly, mercy or showing compassion, kindness, that's a gift as well. So we need to, you know, look at these and say, okay, this is a gift in the body. This is a gift given by God. And if that is what God has given you, if that is what God has given me, I need to be faithful in using that gift. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's look, look at the first one. Okay, so these gifts are given so that we can be a blessing to other people. So when you use these gifts, don't, you know, don't diminish the value of these gifts. It could be serving, it could be encouraging. But when God sees it, He sees it as something very precious. He sees it as something that is very useful in his kingdom. He sees it as something that is going to bless the other person. Probably even bring them from death to life. Right? So it's, it's valuable. In God's eyes, it's precious. And that's why, you know, we are giving it this importance. And that's why he has given the importance. So, first one, through service, ministering. Through service, we can actually bless others by doing things for them, Helping others in practical ways. Um, you know, we need to ask ourselves, you know, am I serving at home? You know, we can serve the entire world. We can go out, do stuff. But at home, it's a different story. <laughs> right? Sometimes the greatest testimony is when your family members stand up and say, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are we serving at home, in our family, serving, ministering? Are we being a blessing to our family members in this way, by serving? Are we being a blessing by serving in church, to the people in church, to the body of believers? What about the citywide church? What about outside the church to our city? And the motivation can be just to bring about, just to be a blessing. Even our workplace, when we do stuff saying, okay, what I'm doing is going to bless this person. The very work of our hands, when we do that with that motive, with that attitude, the whole day changes. The work changes. You know, I just want to uh, tell you a little bit about, uh, about Joe's Apachan, <laughs> okay? Um, uh, the kids, we, we stay in a house where there are, f- apartment where there are five houses, five homes, and uh, Joe's Apachan is in the ground floor. Like the kids call him Apachan, uh, which is Malayalam for, uh, for? Okay, grandfather, and others call him uncle. So Joe's uncle, Joe's Apachin. We always refer to him as Apachin, but when we call him, we call him uncle, right? So Joe's Apachin. Joe's Apachin serves without holding back. I've been amazed. You know, if I'm, let's say, irrespective of who it is, you know, there are five houses, and maybe let's say I'm, I'm leaving the house and I'm just driving out, I've opened the gates. Joe's Apachin is there. Say, no problem, no problem, I'll close the gate. Don't worry, you go. He's there to close the gate. Joe's opportunity, we can always count on Joe's opportunity to, 
to you know to do things around the house around the apartment he'll be oiling the the gate so that they don't creak they don't squeak he'll make sure things are fine uh, when the milkman comes you know um, this milkman our milkman comes very early sometimes between 6 and 7 or even before that so he said we just drop the coupon in the in the in the basket and i'll keep the milk and go so joseph bachin said you can use our basket he made these hooks to hold these ba- baskets in the grill gate small hooks so each family can hold their ba- say hang their basket and he says okay you put your milk coupon there i said okay fine and there'll be a ring the doorbell will ring joseph bachin will bring the milk and say here's your milk i'll say uncle don't worry i'll i'll come and take it but he will ring the bell and he will you know hand over the milk packet in small ways but he's really a blessing and something major happened you know when we were going for the volunteers appreciation day uh, a couple of weeks back and uh, we were loading a car was loaded you know if you you should see the car to believe it it was loaded with stuff um things equipment everything uh, everything that you can imagine sometimes we can even have a service you know just open the car we can have a service tables are there communion elements are there uh, so you know in all this loading and unloading uh, we had to load unload some stuff in order to load the car so we unloaded some stuff we unloaded the cordless mic and it went to the house we locked everything we we go we go to hebal flyover and suddenly there's a prompting and say hey, check if the cordless mic is there and i checked it was not there and i was all ready to turn around and go and whom do you think we called joseph apachan you know joseph apachan went to the house found the cordless mic kept it with him till we could ask someone to go and pick it up you know they, you could have seen many joseph apachans in your house in your families maybe and not really cared not really seen it this way hey this person is actually a blessing in god's eyes he's doing something very very significant you know we have this sometimes we have this mentality or the world has this mentality that those who are serving are somehow not better than those who are being served or lower than those who are being served you know we the world has its own mentality of class and caste and position and so on but not so in god's eyes you could be a joseph apachin sitting here and god sees your role is very significant you are a blessing and if that is what he's given you just go ahead with all your heart as led by the spirit of god and just go there and be a blessing be a blessing there are many things that joseph apachin does but i've just listed a few you know matthew chapter 20 verses 25 to 28 very interesting um we have this conversation between um the context is this actually the verses before that um uh, james and john um, their mother actually comes to the lord jesus and says lord in your kingdom let my sons one sit on the right one sit on the left you know mothers have this networking thing you know they always want the best they plan and i'm sure james and john would have been very embarrassed saying oh no mom please 
not again but but mamada said you keep quiet i know what's good for you <laughs> and she came she comes to jesus and says lord in your kingdom let them sit on the left and right and and god you know lord jesus asked this question are you able to drink of the cup that i'm able to cup they said yes lord we are able and uh, and the lord says yes i know but uh, to give you um to where where is it that is actually you know not of me uh, not for me and then he goes on to explain something you know the the other guys were very displeased you know how can how can they do that you know we are a ministry team we go together as a team we serve as a team how can you how did you guys even think of this you should have stopped your mother so they were very upset they are very displeased and the lord jesus calls them this is what he says he calls them he says you know that the rulers of the gentiles lord it over them and those who are great exercise authority over them yet it shall not be so among you but whoever desires to become great among you let him be your servant and whoever desires to be first among you let him be your slave just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many so he shared something very radical he said he was actually redefining leadership he was redefining leadership he was redefining greatness he was redefining redefining what it means to be first we're not diminishing the role that each person plays you know maybe in a in a in a corporate setting or even otherwise all of us have different roles and each role is important he's talking about something deeper whoever desires to be great let him serve whoever desires to be first let him be your slave saying let your motive be to serve if you want to lead let your motive be motive be to serve if you want to be first so through service we can actually be a blessing to people secondly through kindness you know um by being an encouragement to people by being compassionate to people exhortation and mercy we see those listed there in verse 8 exhorts or exhortation or encouragement showing mercy or compassion so what we need to do is identify and engage Romans 12 and verse 15 rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep so to find out it's it's easy to see those who are rejoicing but it's difficult to spot those who are weeping because people you know all of us wear masks at times we we may not weep openly because we've got this facade we've got this thing going but there's weeping there's pain so the spirit of god is the one who can discern he knows what is happening in people's people's lives people's hearts the thing is to identify identify through the words they speak and engage and be compassionate ephesians 4 and verse 32 has this to say and be kind to one another tender hearted 
Forgiving one another talks about mercy, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, this goes high in God's eyes. To be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. So, there are many ways we can show kindness by being, uh, we can show compassion. And one of the ways is to, is to really, really listen to people. You know, how many of us listen uh, to people? Now, even as we are listening, we find that our mind is trailing. Some people would want to, especially seniors, would want to maybe open their heart and share something, what they are going through. To take time to just listen. Maybe it's in the house, it's, it's maybe your spouse, maybe the kids saying, you know, daddy, mommy, look at this, you know, what happened today? And, and we're saying, we're kind of tolerating this, okay, we've got better things to do. Uh, you know, my daughter, they are, you know, she's got a name for this, for this phone. Uh, and off late, I've been kind of, you know, doing a lot of work th through the phone, like maybe a WhatsApp or, you know, checking mails and so on. So she calls it the dreaded black box. You know, the times when I'm like preoccupied and, and with this and she's trying to say something and, and that was actually a wake-up call. She calls it the dreaded black box. Uh, you know, as useful as it is, sometimes it becomes the dreaded black box. We are not able to lend a listening ear. We're not able to be kind-hearted. Sometimes uh, people who are seniors and senior citizens, elderly are... Do we just tolerate in our own families? And this ought not to be so. Speaking words of kindness and by doing things that encourage, doing things that cheer up a person, this is valuable in God's eyes. Our kindness blesses another person. Doing acts of kindness. Now, I was really surprised, I mean, really blessed to read this. I think it happened a couple of years ago. Uh, if you recall, uh, it, it, it came in the papers. There was this man, uh, uh, okay, uh, just back up. There is a petrol bunk at the end of Coles Road and uh, the other road, I don't name, know the name of the road. At the end of Coles Road, there's a petrol bunk, right? And the papers reported that they saw this man. Uh, after the bunk closes every night, he'll be there with two two-liter bottles of petrol. He'll be sitting there. And the reason is this. He noticed that there were big people pushing their vehicle and coming and seeing that the bunk is closed. And he sits there every night to give them a bottle and say, you use it. Radical act of kindness. I forget the details, why he started doing it, and so on. But this is what he did. And I don't know if he's still doing it, but maybe we can check it out. Right? The Coles Road bunk. 11 o'clock. He says some people actually fill and give him. And say, hey, thank you so much. And I was helped. So, you know, let's just pass it forward. You know, you, you help someone. Um... 
random act of kindness to help people. And I also remember reading um, this thing happening in Madurai. There's this, um, you know, this, I forget if he's a, if he's a IT person or a, or a businessman, but he noticed that there were a lot of homeless people on the streets foraging for food. You know, maybe they were mentally challenged or they were foraging for food among the rubbish dumps. He noticed this on the way to work, coming back from work, he noticed this. Uh, till one day he decided, you know, I'm going to do something about it. And he turned his house into a big kitchen, right? He, he said, these people, I'm going to feed them one meal a day, one proper meal a day. So he would make rice or a rasam or a vegetable or a make rice or a sambar or a vegetable and take them, load them in huge vessels, drive in his Maruti van, uh, which was converted to hold all this, drive through Madurai city, town, Wherever he saw these people, he would stop, give them a plate, serve the food, and say, now you have. And he started doing this. He said, uh, I just wanted to do this. So he started doing this, and then people noticed it and said, hey, we want to support what you're doing. We'll give you the rice. We'll give you the thing. You, you continue doing this work. We can't do it. You do this. Being kind. Sometimes we think, oh, maybe uh, he didn't get a job. Maybe he didn't, you know, he ended up doing this. But the fact is that it blesses people. And these are just two stories. You know, I'm sure there are many more that you know. Or maybe you are doing it yourself. But you are being a blessing. You're bringing about change. You're bringing about the goodness of God in this hurting world. So that's how we can be a blessing as well. By encouraging people, by being there when people need us. And I just want to share about Joe's Apachin again here. You know, Christmas time, um, the house next to us, the uncle, he, um, he lost his wife a year ago. And um, you know, this was his first Christmas. His son, he had his only son. Uh, he's in Delhi, he couldn't come. So, Everyone knew that, you know, he's going to spend Christmas alone. And uh, uncle had, actually, the church which he goes to, he had asked people, the carol singers, to come. Guess who brought the families there? Exactly. He, you know, he, he brought everyone and said, hey, uncle, the carol singers are coming. We need to be there. He went and told the kids, you better get ready with some carols. We're going to sing. Till they come, we are going to sing. Okay, we're not going to let uncle be alone. So, and he told me and he said, you know, you'll come, right? Now, the thing is, you know, he speaks only in Malayalam, right? Um, and the joke in the building is that one day I'm going to be speaking good Malayalam. Uh, but I must say with all confidence that I've nailed the accent. I've got the accent right. Just have to build my vocabulary. But, you know, the thing is, he brought everybody together. He said, Uncle is having carol singing. Come, come. And I'm sitting there, you know, 11.30 at night. And, uh, and the time is ticking. You know, carol rounds, carol singers never come on time. If you've been, uh, you know, you can, sometimes they come at 2 in the morning. You know, oh, come all faithful. I mean, and so, I know, I'm sure you've been part of carol singing and 
people don't open the door lights are off okay let them go uh 12 o'clock 12:15 and i'm sitting like god you know how did i how did i get into this situation 12:30 you know i need to go to work the next day 12:45 so uncle said come come we'll sing so all the kids started singing and they are all you know bright and bushy tailed and uh, they, for them it's all excitement and i'm sitting there singing carols uh, gave the guitar come on play and the kids didn't stop with one song you know they're singing song after another song after carols after another and there's great fellowship happening you know people who, the neighbors you know we see them uh, we see them when they're going to work we we hardly ever bother to say hello now here we are talking to one of them oh is it oh, that's your name or oh, that's where you work and oh i see okay i stay just here and and great things happening and this man brought us all together just by being there being kind by encouraging by wanting to be an encouragement in that other uncle's life so i left after that i don't know what time the carol singers came but apparently they did and they sang for about half an hour or so so you know through our kindness through our generosity you know we bless people through our giving your giving is actually a gift it's a gift that is graced by god some people are big givers it's something that god has given you um acts chapter 20 and verse 35 it says i have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the lord jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive so by laboring like this you must support the weak so through our resources through our resources we can bless people our resources could be time our resources could be our skill our talent our resources could be money but when we give liberally um you know it's not always convenient right it's not always convenient any of these gifts to be a blessing you know it it happens at the most inconvenient time possible but when we step out and when we do it um we are a blessing so through our giving through our generous generosity but however we need to you know we need to be a little careful about this a couple of things one is in what we give and to whom we give in what we give into whom we give because people can actually abuse our generosity people can actually become dependent on this and not do anything else i i remember while working um in this company there used to be this end of the month there used to be this colleague of mine i was in sales he was in customer service he'll come and ask me for about you know 1000 rupees or 500 rupees and and um, and i would i would give it you know it was tough you know he had a family i was just newly married and and so on um but i would just give it i, I didn't ask really you know what it was for and this happened month after month it will be 500 it will be 1000 and then um and then he i asked him you know you know what is it that you use it for then he said you know man uh you know i need to drink every day you know i and he i also said you know i'm i'm from this community all of us drink so that's what i use it for then 
then I had to politely refuse and say, no, no, this is where it stops. Right? So, you know, this is something that he could have, you know, he could have done it in different ways, but he chose to come and we don't know how many people he asked. So, what we give, whom we give. I also remember uh, a person who was, um, you know, uh, at one of the signals who was begging and he, his, he, he had actually had an amputated hand. So he was begging there. So, so I asked him one day, I asked him, you know, um, so I know this place where they give a prosthetic, you know, um, Provision Asia. I had Provision Asia in mind and I was saying, you know, I know this place, so I'll take you there. You don't have to beg anymore. They'll give this and they'll also teach you some kind of vocation. You know, they'll train you up so you don't have to do this anymore. And uh, when he said, no, 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 and we went. Then the second time, again, when I met him, I asked him, hey, you remember me? I'll take you to this place. You just get in, I'll take you to this place. And you don't have to be begging anymore. You'll be fine, you'll be okay. They'll teach you some skill and you'll be on your own. Uh, again, he said, no. And then the third time, you know, he would smile, wave, but he would not come near. He'll just move on to the next car. You know, there are people who do not want to be helped in that sense. So, what we give, to whom we give, it's something that we need to discern. Because we don't want others to abuse a generosity or, or become unhealthily dependent uh, in a wrong way. And, the, and fourthly, we can actually be a blessing to people through our creativity, through our problem solving. When we solve people's problems, when we step in and solve their problems, um, when we take on problems, when we bring solutions, um, we can actually be a blessing. You know, we see this in the Bible, Genesis 41, with Joseph, you know, he interprets the Pharaoh's dreams. He says, there will be seven years of famine, Seven years of uh, plenty, followed by seven years of famine. So he interprets the dream that the Pharaoh had. But he doesn't stop there. He uses the wisdom that God had given him, and he, and he suggests a strategy. This is what we can do. We can build granaries, and we can store the grain in the seven years of plenty, so that we will have enough and more when we go into that season of famine. And the solution that he brought really saved the lives of people. Not only him, but an entire kingdom. The solutions that we bring about, the creativity with which we can solve problems. And you know, when I was just, I was just thinking about it, um, the apps on your smartphone, right? So many apps on your smartphone, they actually help us uh, help ease things, right? Uh, I, I remember when we were in the hospital and um, my dad was unwell and we had to get um, some, something scanned, some of his documents scanned um, so that we could give it to the hospital to sign it, so that we could give it to the insurance company. So we realized that we didn't have a scanner at home and also we, time was running out. So then my brother said, no, no, hey, I've got this app on the phone. We can actually take a picture of it, and uh, it's like it converts it into a PDF, and I can just email it, and you can use it. 
It's like scanning and using. You know, we don't think twice about it, but the apps on your phone, on your smartphone, make life easy, solve problems, right? Uh, the buttons that you have on your shirt or the zippers that are there, they are creatively solving a problem, right? Now, it is not definitely by believers alone or not for believers alone, but they are actually solving a problem that is there, a need that is there. So we are actually the God who sends rain on the just and the unjust, the God who extends mercy, you know, he sends us out to be his ambassadors into this world and actually using God-given creativity, God-given wisdom, we can be a blessing when we solve the problems that are there. It could be issues of justice. It could be issues that people are facing. I remember the word, uh, you know, uh, the founder of uh, International Justice Missions, Gary Hodgen, uh, he, he, he shares this incident where he, was, he used to watch his uh, brother and his friends, and the brother's friends, they used to, you know, gym a lot. They used to work out a lot. And after working out, they'll stand in front of the mirrors and they will pose. So Gary Hodgen was very, you know, very curious. Uh, he wasn't into you know, working out at that time. And so he, he saw them and he asked his brother, you know, what are those, why are you working out? What are those muzzles for? I see those muzzles. Yes, I see them. But what are those for? That was something that is there in his mind. And then Gary Hodgen, he says, you know, the church, so gifted, has the wisdom of God, has the anointing of God. What are those for? And he challenges people and he says, are these just for posing? Are these just for posing? Many times we are guilty of posing with the gifts and abilities that God has given us. Without stepping in and, and bringing about change, solving the problems that are there. So we can be a blessing where you are with these gifts that God has given us. And God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. He sometimes, you know, maybe in your quiet time, when you're reading the word, when you're praying, God gives those creative ideas. God gives those thoughts. And we treat them as hindrances. But if we would just note them down, if we would just write them down, because after all, we are praying, we are asking God, give us ideas, give us strategies. And if you're a businessman, if you're you know, working elsewhere, you know, we're praying and saying, God, I want to be better at what I'm doing. And God gives these ideas through his spirit if we would just write them down and follow up on them. Then we can solve creatively, be a blessing to people. So God blesses us so that we can be a blessing in the church, in our homes, 
Romans 12 and verse 13 says, uh, 13 says, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Galatians 6 and verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we don't neglect the home. We don't neglect our households. We don't neglect our household of faith as well. In the church, we can ask ourselves, you know, in what way can I serve? In what way can I use this gift? And as a local church, uh, you know, you know as, I mean, when you look at our ministries, we see that the publications are given away freely for the benefit of people to equip, to train, to encourage. Uh, recently, just gave um, a couple of uh, booklets, you know, Don't Lose Hope and God is a Good God. And the person who, who took it, he said, wow, don't lose hope. You know, it's not a church-going man, but he, he saw it and he said, yeah, I, I need that. Don't lose hope. I need it. And he, he took it with so much joy and he's showing his wife, hey, see this, don't lose hope. So, our publications and um, trying to help other ministries and, and going on missions and, you know, teaching the word and, and equipping. You know, missions is not just about planting churches, right? It's also about strengthening the churches that are already planted. Or the body of Christ, the wider body of Christ to equip, to train so we are, you know, as we do that, we can join in. We can join in and say, okay, I have this, and God has stirred this in me, and I want to be a blessing. Or we could just say, uh, I don't know what it is yet. But as we step out and as we see things, there will be a stirring. And the Holy Spirit will witness and say, okay, yes, that's what you need to be doing. And as a local church, going beyond, or as individuals, going beyond our sphere of influence. Not just our household, not just a local church, but our sphere of influence, which could be our workplace, which could be our community, our neighborhood, to be a blessing there. And if you see our ministries like Catalyst and Campus Elevate, or Chrysalis Counseling, or Karnalia, yes. Just endeavoring to do just that. And also looking beyond the world, our immediate world, looking at the nations and so on. Right? So God has raised us up, and when He looks at us, He sees us as someone else's blessing. That's how God sees us. And the question I want to ask is you know, how are you seeing yourself? Are you more conscious of the struggles that you're going through? Are you more conscious of the challenges that you're going through? Or can we lift our eyes and say, God, this is who you're saying you are. This is who you've called me to be. And I will do what you've called me to do. It's time to really count our blessings. Count our blessings. Try counting blessings instead of counting sheep. You know, I think it's a great... You might not fall asleep. You'll get very excited. We count our blessings for the roof over our head, for the food that we eat, for the health that we have, uh, for the transportation that we have. 
or simple things for the clothes that we wear, for the friendships that are there, for the families that he's placed us in, for that one friend that we have. Let's count our blessings. And the list will be actually inexhaustible. And let's be a blessing in someone's life. Amen? Amen. Why don't we pray and uh, let's close. Uh, just ask Anup to come. And, uh, I think just the acoustic guitar will do. Uh, let's sing that um, old hymn. Um, just the chorus. Count your blessings and name them one by one. And it will surprise you what God has done in your own life. And when we step out and into other, others' lives, and it will surprise them as well at what God can do. So, um, why don't we just bow our heads and pray at this time. And uh, let's reflect and think about the blessings we have in our lives. God has prospered us so that we can be a blessing. Maybe you can. Maybe it, it could be that this morning you just count one blessing and saying, you know, God, I all I have is this, and God says I can use that. I can use that to be a big blessing in someone's life. So don't discount any blessing in your life. Don't demean or devalue any gift that is put in your life. Is it the heart to serve? Is it the heart to give? Is it the heart to encourage? Is it the heart to, to solve people's problems? Hey, that's a gift from God. It may not be very flashy or brilliant, but very, very significant in God's eyes. Maybe through the day, all you do are maybe listening to people you're showing an act of kindness you're being compassionate and that is something valuable in God's eyes count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see Name them one by one And it will surprise you What the Lord has done Count your blessings Count your blessings Name them two by two Two by two Count your blessings See what God can do God can do Count your blessings Name them two by two And it will surprise you what the Lord can do you know, The second thing is really about what God can do, do to our blessings So sing it out and say, name them two by two and It will surprise you what God can do Count your blessings, name them two by two Count your blessings, see what God can do. Count your blessings, name them two by two. 
surprise you what the Lord can do. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for all the blessings in our lives, God. We thank you for the gifts that you put in the body. Lord, in this church, we thank you. Mass, even as we count, we know, oh God, we'll be surprised by what you can do in our lives and what you can do in others' lives, Lord. We thank you for what you've done in the years, years that have gone by. We're so grateful, Master. Father, we ask that you would continue to use us, make us a blessing in someone's life, in our families, in our church, in our neighborhood, in our workplaces. Thank you, God. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord, that we are your ambassadors to our colleagues. We represent Jesus in the college, school. We represent Jesus at home. We thank you for the grace that you've given us. Yes, Lord, we realize that it is not always convenient, but you've called us to love our enemies. We called, you've called us to bless those who curse us. You've called us to pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. We thank you, Master. We thank you, God. And Father, this morning I just ask that, uh, that you would open our eyes, Lord, to what you've done in our lives. That you would open our eyes to see you, to hear you. That you would give us a revelation of the gifts that you put in our lives. And Master, I ask this morning that you would give us the strength, Lord, to walk in the good works that you already prepared. We thank you for the people that you already prepared. We thank you for the places, oh God, which are already prepared. We thank you for the open doors, Master. Now, can we just pray? Can we just tell the Lord, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the people because he knows them by name. We thank you, Lord, the people that whom you have prepared so that we can go and be a blessing and we can be channels dispensers of the aroma of Christ, dispensers of your grace. Yes, Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And Lord, even as we enter into this week, we pray that we'll be sensitive to your leading, we'll be sensitive to your gentle prompting, God. And we'll be, even as you quicken your word to us, God, we'll be sensitive and, Lord, diligent, not just forgetful hearers, but we'll be doers of your word, Master. We thank you. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his peace, his prosperity. Even now and the days ahead. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be a blessing. Amen. And we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.